Hello and welcome to the No Ordinary Gal podcast. I am your host, Laura. This is the show where we will be celebrating the normal, the average, the everyday girl. And I'll be sharing stories from ladies who may seem to fit that bill, but to me, they're really rather extraordinary. So come along with us and discover how you too are No Ordinary Gal. Today's guest is Lauren Kelly. I was lucky enough to be introduced to Lauren through work when I had the balls to tell my boss that the company website was absolutely crap and we needed to redo it. Luckily, he didn't take offence and instead put me in touch with, in his words, a really great designer who you will get on great with. And he was absolutely right. On our first meeting, I was not only blown away by her talent as a designer, but her tenacity and obvious headstrong attitude. She was a powerful lady and one who knew what she wanted and how to get it. She has an insanely impressive portfolio of clients from Chelsea Football Club to BP and is just 29 herself now. I went from feeling totally out of my depth to being so inspired and motivated that I was about to do something awesome with her. And we did. Three websites later and a fair bit of coaching on the side and now a good friendship, Lauren remains my absolute career goals. Lauren Kelly, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you. That's so sweet. That's so nice. Is that a good summary? <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very nice summary. Um, but I also remember the first time I met you um, and you were like, yeah, I'm just, I'm the person that just picks up the phones and deals with the complaints. <laughs> and I was like, no, you're not. You're so much more than this. I know you're more than this. You can do this and you can do this. And we both inspired each other and we got so excited about all yeah. of the possibilities and things that we could do yeah. um, for the brand. So, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. It and has. It's been amazing to be a part of your journey as well. Yeah, and it has only been three years, as we were just saying. But before we crack into our journey, <laughs> let me ask you the, the very important question of do you think of yourself as an ordinary girl or an extraordinary girl? Hmm. It's a tough question, because if I say extraordinary, I'm just going to sound like super big-headed. No, you're not. You're not at all. This is what this is all about. We need to sit back and appreciate what we've achieved ourselves. I, I think there's something extraordinary in every woman. But what about you? You can't dodge that question. Nice try, but you're not dodging it. Uh, I, I, maybe? You can say yes. No one's going to think you're big-headed. Because, yeah, like you've only got to look at your CV. You are an incredibly extraordinary girl. I guess I think I am because people like you tell me that I am. People that I admire will tell me that I am. So we're, we're agreed. You are an extraordinary girl. <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> agree. <laughs> so let's, let's dive into that and your incredibly impressive career because you're sat here still the, the early side of 30 and... Wow, like I say, I've only I've not even touched of what you've done. Yeah, okay. Um, so I I always think it started when I was much younger. Um, probably when I was a kid at school and I was selling gel pen tattoos to all my friends. <gasps> wow, <laughs> I was I was hustling as a teenager. <laughs> um, but then I started freelancing when I was about sixteen. Um, I started approaching local businesses and asking for their design work. Um, initially just to get some experience uh, to help me get into university and then when I was at uni I did my internships and whatnot but actually I studied more um, like graphic design, logo design, illustration and then landed myself a product design role designing websites um, 
I then, it's actually quite funny as well, to get this job, I actually emailed 50 different design companies that I wanted to work at mm. with my CV and then turned up at their door with my portfolio Amazing. and was like, give me a chance, just let me come and work for you, let me yeah. show you what I can do. Um, most of them ignored me, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> um, but I did actually get myself a job straight out of uni, um, which was great. I spent two years there in agency. Um, then I kind of moved around, I didn't know what kind of designer I was, so I was trying different roles. Yeah, and then I, I, as you mentioned, I went to Chelsea, um, which was a great experience, it was a great brand, I learned so much there. Um, and then I went to be a consultant, and that's really when my career dramatically changed. Mm -hmm. um, consulting meant that I was in a different country every month, mm -hmm. working with cl clients from all kinds of industries around the world. Um, I had an amazing, amazing boss who threw me into situations that I thought were well beyond my reach, mm. but really believed in me and gave me the space to experiment and try things and um, it, it shaped who, who I become from mm. off the back of it. So he's awesome. Um, he helped me get there. Um, then I went client side for a little while as a manager. I realized actually I'm too excited to work, <laughs> is, is that the right word? Yeah. To work client side um, because I just want to make stuff happen and innovation and ah. Um, so I left there and I went to work for another consultancy where I had the most amazing design team. They really changed my life. They were awesome people. It was my first real chance. I mean, before that I'd been looking after design teams, but this was my first design team that I had a real bond with and mm. we'd really been through the war zones together and yeah. the difficult clients and we'd all come out of it, better people, stronger people, um, incredible team. Um, and then that led me to where I am now. So mm. now I look after um, a business called Fearless, which is partially design recruitment, partially design consulting. Um, and then a, a little extra in there is our global community um, of around 7,000 designers now around the world. Um, so yeah, I, that's where I am now. Amazing. And you're 29. You've done all of that <laughs> at 29. It's just, like you say, it's something that is inbuilt in you. And, and this is what we were saying about off-air. We should have saved it for on-air. Let's talk about it on-air. Um, it's just inbuilt in us. As people, it's nothing we've learned. You just kind of have that, like I say, that tenacity to just go after it and make it happen. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of why we chose the name Fearless, right? Because yeah. it's about, it's not about the fact that you believe that you can take on the world. It's, a, it's about having the humility to take on the world, make mistakes and then dust yourself off and keep going and yeah. not let that stop you from where you want to be. Yeah. And God knows I've made them in my career and yeah. I've had my hiccups and and whatnot. But if I hadn't have had those those war stories, I wouldn't have developed and become what I've become. So I think it's it's a real attitude thing, it's determination, it's genuinely being passionate and caring about what you do and having mm. the courage to, to really fight for that. Yeah. I I think you've hit the nail on the head there with the passion. It has to be something you believe in yeah. and you want to make happen and then it doesn't feel like a chore to go after it it isn't hard work is it I mean it's graft yeah. but it doesn't feel like yeah it doesn't feel like work when you're doing something 
you enjoy yeah. and there's so many people that I know that are doing jobs and you can see they've got a natural talent it's a bit like how I mentioned how I, you and I met when yeah. I met you and I'm like you're in the wrong job <laughs> you're a creative person what are you doing yeah. Yeah, um, and it's there's so many people that that end up kind of sticking with the safe job and fair mm. enough everyone has their own reasons and maybe sometimes people have to prioritise finances etc yeah. but the people that really go after their careers, like even if you think about Fearless, um, me and my business partner have gone from our really comfortable, nice salaries to half in that, to be able to set up a business, to start from scratch, Mm. to invest in our money, in our people that we're hiring, to make sure we've got the right people around us because our our end goal now isn't money. Our end goal is to build something we're proud of and Mm. to, to make the impact that we want to see in the world. So... Yeah. And how has that journey been crossing over from being employed to now? I mean, obviously, you did a bit of consultancy, so you, you know, trod the boards yeah. with self employment, but actually being the creator behind a brand new business. Oh, it's liberating. It's so nice. I mean, if there's any of my old bosses listening to this, I can tell you off the bat that only a couple of them would, would be on my side and be like she's amazing or, or would say something nice about me the others would tell you what a pain in the ass I was <laughs> because I was always seeing something that I wanted to change or mm. had a vision for something or wanted to do or, or was accidentally doing more than what my role told me I should be doing I was mm. always coming out of my box and treading on people's toes yeah um never in, in, on purpose part of the reason I got promoted so much in my career is mm. because I just wanted to make stuff happen. So yeah. it didn't matter if it was my job or not. In my mind, we're a team. So if I'm helping you, why, why would you care if I'm doing yeah, that, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's, yeah. Nice to have that complete freedom. Oh, God, it's so nice. I, I don't have to worry about trending on anyone's toes anymore. I don't have yeah. to, to worry about politics of well have to make sure that person's comfortable and have to give them a bit of that to get a bit of this and do a bit of this it's actually no I can really do what I believe in now and I've always believed and been taught from such a young age that if you follow what you're passionate about money and reward will follow yeah and for me I'm passionate about people and working with people and taking designers and Getting, helping them get over their imposter syndrome or yeah. helping them find the confidence to, to do something bold and amazing. Mm. Um, for me, I, I can literally preach that now. I can preach my own values instead yeah. of trying to adhere to someone else's. So, yeah, I love it. That is, yeah, it is the dream. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, obviously, I think it's something that comes up um, in a lot of industries, but I think, I definitely think it's more prominent in women. But obviously, we just touched on imposter syndrome now. Yeah. It's something that I have hugely struggled with this last couple of years because I'm not a classic, classically trained marketer. I've never studied it. I've just naturally fallen into it through you know internal nurture and, and self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when you and I have had conversations before, even somebody with your credentials has stood back and said, yeah, I've had really bad imposter syndrome as well. Why do you think that is? I don't think imposter syndrome is this... It's not like anxiety or this thing that you just go through and experience. I think it's almost a rite of passage. Mm. It's every time you 
kind of reach the ceiling in your role and you're developing into your next layer of growth, seniority, experience, whatever that may be, you everyone will go through a phase of, shit, can I do this? Oh, sorry, I swear. No, <laughs> can I do this? Um, will I be able to sustain this? Can I? Are people going to judge me? Or mm. um, I guess... I've looked after so many designers that have gone through that phase and I've watched them go from a junior to a senior to a lead. Mm. And every time they move up a role, the first three to six months, they're panicking about, but well, I didn't study it enough or mm. I didn't do this enough. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you a safe space for you to go and trial this mm. with this client. I've got you. You're not going to fail. Mm. Um, you come to me. We're going to work together and we're going to get this over the line. They smash it every time. They smash yeah. it and then they go, they sit back and they go, okay, well, maybe I don't, I don't need that qualification or yeah. I don't need this or that because I've just proved to myself on an actual live project that I can do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've experienced imposter syndrome. Um, I have a wicked poker face sometimes though. <laughs> 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 I'll still walk into a, yeah. into a boardroom with like 20 people and just rock it, you know, but yeah. um, there are times where inside, my old boss, she used to call it the swan where on the surface you're like floating really gracefully and underneath your feet are pedaling like crazy yeah. and no one can see and that's kind of part of leadership as well is that mm. you know the minute the leader loses their mind everything else the team start losing their mind too so the more senior you get and the more you take on the more it's you have a duty yeah. to hold your poker face even if you're feeling the imposter syndrome and trusting yourself that Every time you've been thrown into a challenge, you've fixed it, you've done it, you've solved it, and you'll do the next one and the next one, and mm. and just having that self belief. Yeah, I think that that is the real key, isn't it? Is is the self belief, and that's really hard to muster up. And like you say, it does only generally come about when you're going for your next challenge, isn't it? Otherwise, you do sit quite comfortably, but nothing amazing ever came out of staying in exactly. your comfort zone. No one it. achieves greatness with no risks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about your career and being a female. Because like I say, from that first meeting, I just had Rose. I think Rose was about four months old. I was in a really bad place, unbeknownst to you and a lot of the people at work. And, you know, my confidence was absolutely on the floor. And, you know, Tommy had given me this massive new project of go and redo a website, which I've never <laughs> done anything like that before. And I remember sitting down and I, I didn't know what UX was. I didn't know what UI was. I didn't know what any of this stuff was. And I remember you bouncing all these things around and showing me stuff on your laptop. And I sat there thinking, oh, fuck, I am so out of my depth here. Like, I thought we were just going to talk about colour palettes and fonts <laughs> and what looks good. And I was like, my God, she's not just a talented designer. Like She knows all of the ins and outs of the back end of it and what makes it successful. And like I say, I went from thinking, oh, crap, to leaving that meeting, just feeling so inspired and so like, I want to be like you. That's my <laughs> career goals right there. That's where I want to be in the next three, five, however many years. That's the level I need to be at. And I think I saw so much of my younger self in you. But obviously I'd gone off to have a family quite young. So I never really allowed myself to get balls deep in a career because I knew I was going to have that break yeah. to have a family. So I kind of just went from job to job to job. And I think after having Rose and knowing that she was going to be my last, this was going to be a chance for me yeah. to actually find a career, not just have a job. And that for me was such a crucial point, like turning point for me, was that introduction to you, 
and <laughs> just having your belief and your nurturing and mentoring to get through that project to then feel confident enough to go on and do another one and another one as we've done um it was just phenomenal but like i say in such a short space of time i went from being scared of you wanting to be your best friend. I don't mean that in a way like I'm scared of you. It's resting bitch face. Yeah, no, just, you know, uh, what's the word like? Um, Intimidated, but not in an aggressive way. Just like, oh my God, this woman is is so superior. You remember that meeting as you being in a hard place with what you were going through with Rose and, and, you know, being a mum and Mm. everything you were juggling. I remember that meeting as you walking in a little bit sceptical, not quite sure of what how it was going to go yeah. and what to expect. You could see you felt a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. By the end of the meeting, you was bouncing off the walls. Oh, yes. I was <laughs> you so were so excited. You yeah. were like, ah, oh, I'm going to research this and do this yeah, and do yeah, this. Yeah. And I remember in the car park, we were like, oh, and this and this. And we're trying to say bye to each other because yeah. you were so excited because you're, you're a natural creative person. And yeah, yeah it, was, it was an amazing meeting. And it's, I think... It's so nice that you say I've helped or influenced um, your progression or in, in in whatever way, but it also works the same way. Having you believe in me and wanting help from me and wanting yeah. my time to yeah. for me to show you things also helps me with my confidence and yeah. my imposter syndrome and all the things that I was going through. And I think that's a lot of... Uh, a lot of people don't realise the value in mentoring that it's both ways. Yeah. Sometimes you learn more about yourself and what you know and right and wrong and what you believe from teaching someone else. Yeah. So I think it's both ways. Um, yeah. And you should you should know that, right? Um, yeah. It's been it's been great. We've we've done a lot in three years. I know. I can't <laughs> believe that's all. That I know. And you actually sit and look at it, but that that's just my whole job at the minute I can't believe I've not even been there four years yet it feels like the only job that I've ever had I think because for me this job has flipped the switch from it being a job to it being a career and giving me that freedom and um, you know the introductions to people like yourself allowing me to do that and um, don't get me wrong I know I've got an awful long way to go to get to your level but I do feel like I'm I'm getting there and I'm on that right track now and it's so important I think to have female leaders to look up to yeah, as well you definitely. know um obviously women have come an awful long way in the workplace but business as a whole is still very male yeah, it's crazy what's it like in the design world so i mean to be completely honest probably up until about three years ago I was completely ignorant to it. Mm. I, I, when I saw all this feminist stuff, I'm thinking, what are they talking about? Like, yeah. I don't know what it is. I have loads of guy friends, and yeah. I have loads. I, I had a manager that was a was a man that treated me like his equal and treated mm. me with so much respect. What are these people talking about? And then I experienced it. Mm. Um, it was one of my first consulting gigs. I, w- I was sent abroad, and I had I had one man. One of the so there were two consultants on the ground that were based out there. I had one man hit on me in front of a client nice. to the point where the client said, Do you know what? I can't have this in my office. Um, he got fired for that. Wow. Um, the second man who ra- helped raise this complaint and get this man fired later that day then hit on me as well. Um, <laughs> he also 
got annoyed that I turned up to the final presentation in a suit because I'm a woman I, I shouldn't wear a suit because that would assume that I have more power than what I do um he, you know my role in that in that particular project was to be his assistant his his designer what happened next was the next phase of work that was three months I ended up actually taking that project over and working really closely with the client, had an amazing relationship with him. He he must have been about seven foot and every time he see me he would just walk up to me and give me a big hug. Oh. Um <laughs> not in an inappropriate way, yeah. thankfully, but we did amazing work together. We what we did was incredible. Mm. Um and the other consultants they weren't happy about that. Mm. They didn't like that. So so that was the first time I really experienced what it was like to be a woman in the workplace and kind of saw what other people were seeing. Yeah. I then went on to go client side and found myself working with a group of really inspirational men, Mm. all men, directors, leaders. Some of them I really looked up to, really respected, and some of them treated me with absolute respect. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't see that I was a woman. They saw me for me. Yeah. Um, and some of them would tell me that if I disagreed with what they said, I was too emotional. Um, (laughs) Some of them, I would watch them communicate with my male peers and it would be a really calm, constructive conversation. And then it would come to me and it would be a really condescending, like I was a child. Maybe it was more age than, than female. So... Yeah, and then I kind of realised that, well, it's great that we're now talking about diversity and getting more women into the workplace, but Mm. what do people expect if you've Mm. got a heavily male-dominated culture and you start pumping all these female leaders into the workplace and no one's doing anything to prepare the culture to adapt? No one is doing anything to enable these women to come in and and Mm. be respected and do their jobs. And from my experience... The best way for a woman to be integrated into one of those cultures is for the rest of that culture to realise that the person at the top, whoever he may be, has got her back. Yeah. And when that happens, it's incredible. Mm. When that happened for me, all of the challenges I was facing, the inappropriate comments, um, you know, the the condescending, the, the patronising, the disregarding, all of that stops because when he respected me, everyone else respected me. Yeah. So I think there's, there's, so much, there's so much still to be done in that space. We mm. all know it's a problem mm. and we're starting to rectify it. You're now seeing companies really embrace hiring females, um, but there's still a way to go. And it's very difficult for women because if they do speak out about their experiences, it's easy to get pinned as yeah. you're waving that flag. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're beating that drum, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially if you've not experienced it because like, like exactly how I was before yeah. I experienced it. I'm going, yeah. really? What are they talking about? Yeah. So there will be people doing that. Um, mm. And I think it's having other powerful females around you and inspirational women around you mm. that are going to help you get through that experience because just knowing that, you're not alone and you're not crazy yeah um it's not just in your head it's not just because that person doesn't like you it's because it's something ingrained in them that they don't even recognize to be there they don't even know that they're doing it Mm. so you almost can't be angry at them because 
it's completely unconscious that they're treating you differently. When you look it up online and the research done on this, there are people that have done studies where they've attached um, cameras and microphones to women and men in the office in the workplace and they've followed them around all day. Um, And they found that women and men were communicating in exactly the same way, saying the same comments, same things, same body language, everything. The only difference being was how the other person received that and took that information. Yeah. So you can't change a whole generation, a whole culture, a whole society of people's mindsets and what they believe. Mm. You can only change how you choose to respond. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's absolutely right. And it it is so sad that it still happens. Like Mm. you say, we have made huge strides, but there's always more to be done. Yeah. And obviously now diversity is a huge topic at the moment with everything else that's going on in the world that... Um, you know, it isn't just females, but it's so nice that you've, you can see it from the other side as well now, and now you're conscious of it, and I imagine that attributes to the way that you are a manager and you're a leader, and treating all of your staff. I I think it's, from, from my experience, whether... And I don't know necessarily whether it's a woman or because of my age, because Mm. a lot of the teams I've managed are Mm. older than me. I'm normally the youngest person in the room in those situations. But I always have to prove it. Once I've proven I am who I say I am, and they they see it for themselves, it doesn't matter how old I am or whether I'm a woman or not. I have amazing clients that I've gone back to um, over several years through different companies that are massively corporate, that are heavily mm. male-dominated, that really respect me and treat me like they would anyone else mm. because I've proved it. Yeah. So I'd say to any woman in that situation is just smile because when you prove it, they're going to fall off their chairs. Yeah. It's really easy. <laughs> it's really easy to impress someone that has such little expectations That's from so you. That's so true, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. So just yeah. enjoy the ride and, you know. You're going to blow their socks off. Wait wait for that aha moment, you know. Wow, yeah. Do you know, I'd never even thought about it like that. If they've, yeah, if they've got no expectations of you, then it isn't going to be hard to impress. Exactly. Wow, that's incredible. So you are living... A very exciting life now with, with Fearless, getting up and off the ground. How has it been the first... Um, how long have you been trading now? It'll be a year in September. Is it already that long? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, obviously, like you say, you found it very liberating. Um, what have been your challenges? Okay, so I think initially when I set up Fearless with Tom... I was still fully employed. I was a design director for um, a global agency. I had uh, a team of designers. I was looking after multiple projects in different locations around the world. So that was already a pretty demanding job. Mm. Tom and I set up Fearless thinking that it was going to be this this side business that that ticked over, that he was going to... Um, do where he figured out what he wanted, what his next career move was, because he was mm. toying whether he was going to be a consultant or. So it was always always meant to be that. Well, the demand's there. We can get a website up. We can, yeah. you know. Um, six months later, it's booming. Mm. Um, it's too much for him to do on his own, and his strengths are in networking, and mm. he, he's an amazing business person and business mind. He's so so talented. Mm. 
my strengths were in strategy and operations mm -hmm. and leading people. Um, so we had polar opposite skill sets. And it got to that point where it just grew, like, mm -hmm. overnight, beyond either of our expectations, um, which then required me to leave my job. Me not knowing, obviously, lockdown was coming, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then slightly changed things. Um, and then, obviously, the surprise baby and the, the bun in the oven yep. <laughs> changed things again. <laughs> so I, I found myself in lockdown, um, and we were in a situation where, because we'd spent so much time networking with all these companies and designers around the world, we had literally hundreds of designers week in, week out, saying, I've lost my job, I've been made redundant, um, I need help, um, can you review my portfolio, can I, can I talk to you? Um, and obviously, for Tom, from Tom's perspective, these people don't realise that he has a hundred of those messages a day. Yeah, yeah. And they get really disheartened if he doesn't reply, and he yeah. gets really disheartened because he wants to help people, and, yeah. and he genuinely does. Um, so we said, okay, we've got this big Slack channel, yeah. let's repurpose it, let's use lockdown, we've got a bit of downtime, we're not booming as much as we were, so let's repurpose our Slack channel to create a space for all these designers to, to come together and and be able to talk to each other if, they, if we can't help every single one of them, because yeah. we can't just pull a thousand jobs out of a hat, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we then focused all our attention on that and now we have this amazing community of people um, in all different countries and we're now getting approached with business again because yeah. we've done all this, all this stuff and in my mind it just proves that all my values and things that I've known from every job that I've been in that put people first and mm. do right just because, not because you're trying to get something or yeah. you have an agenda, just do something nice for somebody, mm -hmm. reward follows. And, yeah. and it's been an amazing journey to, mm. to actually have that proven, to try and test it and have yeah. that theory proven. So yeah, it's been awesome. And how are you feeling now about having to take a little bit of a slowdown? Because as you just say, we've <laughs> only got a few more months and it's just being you. Yeah, well, I mean, this was meant to be slowdown and I accidentally built a global community. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if I will ever truly slow down. Yeah. Um, in my mind, this is as most of this is the the most kind of rest year that I, I was ever gonna have. I'm not yeah. technically consulting at the moment or yeah leading a design team or doing um design work so that is my break yeah. um everything you, else this is, slow down. this is slow down um but i also think that having a baby motivates me even more mm. to build fearless because yeah. you know unlike a lot of families my my mother worked 12 to 14 hour days when i was growing up because yeah. she had to that was just how it was she had to she yeah. had to keep a roof over our heads and I always said to myself, I'd only ever have children if I could be present for, yeah. for my children. So having Fearless gives me the perfect opportunity to build a business I really believe in, mm. but have the flexibility to do it around my child. Yeah. To mean that me and my partner can actually practice equality and yeah. we can both work part-time and we can both get the opportunity yeah. to be at home with our baby. Yeah. And we can, we can be there for her mm -hmm. and build our dream um it might mean that we build it a little bit slower than we intended but mm. oh, fuck it right yeah absolutely <laughs> no definitely I think that's so true and I, I think it is so incredible and it will 
it will still happen. Like you and Tom have got that drive and you've got that vision and you know where you want to go and you're the sort of people that are going to go and make sure it happens. And just from the your plan by saying all of that about being present and stuff just shows that you're going to be as much of a fantastic mum as you are as a businesswoman and, and designer, you know. I was very much in the traditional old school setup of we had to wait for my husband to get to a certain point in his career so I could take the break and yeah. financially we were okay and I'd be able to have the time off. So actually what you guys are doing is so much better than that. Like you say, the fact that the baby's going to have both of you around, you're both going to be doing something that you love. It's just the dream. You're literally yeah. living the dream, Lauren. <laughs> I think we feel like that as well. We both feel very, very lucky to be in the situation that we're in where mm. we've got to a point in our career where we're able to do this because this is a luxury that n- not every family will have. Mm. So it's one that we intend to, to really make the most of. And yeah. as our business grows, we can only hope that we can offer those opportunities yeah. to the people that we bring into the team. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, like I was saying to you before we started recording, I think you're an incredible mum and what you do with your kids and how you've managed to do that and work full-time. You're a superwoman to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I can do that half as well as you, I will be very happy. Oh, gosh, don't. <laughs> God, you end up setting me off. See, see, us women, apparently, we are emotional. Maybe these guys in the workplace are right. Um, but no, I think, um, yeah, you guys are going to do incredible at this and, you know, like you say, less than a year of trading for Fearless and it's already everything you wanted it to be and more. Yeah, now you've got this lovely little bundle surprise on the way as yeah. well. So it's such an exciting time for you guys. It really is. And I cannot wait. I think I'm going to have to have you back on again next year <laughs> to see where you are, yeah. where you're at, how, how everything has been juggling it around motherhood as well. But I have every confidence that that you're going you're gonna to smash it. So um, let's just round up then. Um, and I'll ask you what I do, everybody. Do you have anyone in your life who has been a particular inspiration to you that you really look at and say, wow, she is no ordinary gal? <laughs> you, I mean, you're not going to believe me when I say this. And I'm not saying this just for the purpose of it being your show. But I think you're that person. No. Right? Of course stop. you are. Of course you are. You, ha- you made a complete career change three years ago. You're now smashing it. You're now doing your own show. You're an amazing mum. You redecorated your kitchen and that still blows my mind. <laughs> How did you do that? I will put a picture of that on the Instagram for everyone to see because, um, yeah, as a marketer, we all dream of having that one post that goes viral and I never expected it to be my she kitchen. Did it. Um, and then you've got like your vegetables and you see all these things that you do with your children and it's, you know, it truly is an inspiration. I don't. I don't think you realise when we have these conversations and you tell me about the influence I've had on you, I don't think you realise the influence you equally have on me. Yeah, no, I definitely don't. That's like, <laughs> it's kind of blown me away. <laughs> We're going to have to wrap up there before we do get emotional. Good. At least you've got the pregnancy hormones. I haven't got that excuse anymore. So, um, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me. I knew it would be as brilliant as it has been. And yes, I cannot wait to check in with you a year later and see how you're smashing motherhood as well. Amazing, thanks so much for having me. If you're enjoying No Ordinary Gal, why not leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening from? It's a great way to let other ordinary girls know about the show too. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. <laughs>